May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be always acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Amen. One of the Bible's iconic stories, and one of my favorites, is the account in Genesis of Jacob having a revelatory dream while he slept with his head on a rock in the, in the open countryside. Jacob was in trouble. He had wronged his brother, who in turn had threatened him. Mama Rebecca had urged her favorite son to flee. One would not expect him to have sweet dreams, whether he had his head on a rock or not. <laughs> Nevertheless, in this dream, Jacob saw a ladder connecting earth and heaven with angels going up and down it. The Lord stood there beside Jacob and promised him many blessings, declaring that he would keep him wherever he went and bring him back to that promised land. Of course, Jacob woke up astonished at this revelation. Surely the Lord is in this place, he said, and I did not know it. How awesome is this place. This is none other than the house of God, and this is the gate of heaven. Often it takes a revelation in both troubled times and good times for us to realize how closely heaven and earth are linked, how close God is to us, and how active God is in our lives to bless us and keep us. Jacob thought he was alone, but far from it. Again and again, Holy Scripture reminds us of this connection. It took a bush that was burning but not consumed to get Moses to realize that he was standing on holy ground and that God was right there with him, calling and enabling him to do great things. In today's gospel and afterwards in the 14th chapter of John, when the disciples on the night before the crucifixion naturally had trouble seeing God present and active, Jesus assures them that in him, God is with them directly and powerfully and out of love will fulfill promises beyond anything they can ask or imagine. They couldn't take all that in, but John wrote it down for us later on and, and we can savor that wonderful truth. Perhaps it seemed unlikely to the disciples on that night before Jesus' death, and it seems unlikely to many today, but the gospel assures us that God got so close to us out of love that he became one of us, bringing us into the eternal life and peace of God and endowing us, the church, with the Holy Spirit to guide strengthen and comfort us on our journey through the wilderness and into the promised land that God has in store for us. The word became flesh and dwelt among us, full of grace and truth. We know this by faith and rejoice in it, not only because of the scriptural witness and because of the record of God's dealing with saints throughout the centuries, but because we have experienced 
the Lord's loving, powerful presence in our own lives. Sometimes, like Jacob, we are not conscious of this, but at other times, our eyes are opened and we see God's revelation in the unlikeliest of circumstances. The Lord is in this place, and I did not know it. This is none other than the house of God, and this is the gate of heaven. We have those moments of awakening. Often in Sherry's and Walter's house, during those long years of Walter's illness, our eyes were opened to the Lord being there, mighty to save and giving us joy, even in the midst of suffering. There is no doubt that Sherry's and Walter's love for each other was and is of God. And they testified, they exemplified that time and again, every time anybody was there at their house or elsewhere. It reminds me of St. Paul's famous words to the Corinthians about how love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. This kind of love is of God because it reflects God's own love for us in Christ. And because, as Paul says, it never ends. There were lots of smiles and laughs through those difficult years from Walter as well as the rest of us, uh, as well as in the years before that. And these smiles and laughs reflected faith, hope, and love on the part of both Walter and Sherry. They knew life was good. They knew life was a gift from God, even at the hardest times. And then there, was, there is the community, the ecclesia, the church in its truest sense, that gathered in that home to offer support and comfort and to share in the joy of love, both divine and human. There was Sister Louise and the Gurks, including their beloved children, Austin and Chloe. They were like grand, are like grandchildren to Sherry and Walter as well as Louise. And then there are the Weemses and Angela and other caregivers. There were also neighbors and fellow church members who visited, brought flowers, and brought Christ himself in sacramental bread and wine. Again and again, those who gathered on that holy ground of Walter's and Sherry's house glimpsed how God was enabling his people to live up to their calling, as Paul says in today's epistle, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, making every effort to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Heaven is all about this kind of community rooted in divine love. And we believe in heaven in part because we have glimpsed it even here among us. We think back. We realize what, what was going on, that God was enabling us to carry on and love each other and do what had to be done and assuring us that there's something beyond this. We can see more than a bit of heaven as we look around here at this assembly of God's people and as we gather at the table where he makes himself truly present 
in a tangible way. There at the table, we will share in heavenly communion with each other and with Walter and all the saints who have gone before us. Yes, we mourn, and we will miss Walter's unique self greatly. But even more, we rejoice in what God has done, is doing, and will do for us as the family of God who are raised with Christ in baptism and empowered by the Holy Spirit. Through the grace of God, we are a holy people whose union with God and each other can never be broken. I close with a prayer by John Dunn, who was Dean of London's St. Paul's Cathedral in the early 17th century. No doubt in writing it, he was inspired by the story of Jacob waking up and realizing with amazement that he was right at heaven's door. Let us pray. Bring us, O Lord God, at our last awakening into the house and gate of heaven to enter into that gate and dwell in that house where there shall be no darkness nor dazzling but one equal light, no noise nor silence but one equal music, no fears nor hopes but one equal possession, no ends nor beginnings but one equal eternity in the habitations of thy majesty and glory, world without end. Amen.